You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. You might have noticed that we are a day late with our episode release, but we needed the time to make sure that this was the conversation you heard this week. Breaking her three-year silence over her discrimination and eventual termination from her starring role in Romeo and Michelle the Musical, today's guest joins us following her bravely transparent social media post that's gone viral. She shares in her own words what it felt like to be fired for being pregnant opening up a conversation that is desperately needed within our business. Here's our conversation with Courtney Wolfson. Hello. Welcome. We are here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to see other human faces. (laughs) (laughs) True. We still feel that way these days, right? I do feel that way. Oh, and just like the chaos of motherhood and life and balancing all the things. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to connect to human women. Yes, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Courtney, we always start off asking our guests about their child or their children. So will you please tell us about Ziggy? Oh my gosh. What can I say about Ziggy? He is, well, I'll tell you this. When I was pregnant, I thought I was going to name him Otis, which is crazy now because he's a Ziggy through and through. Like he is a zigzagging wild maniac in the best way. And when I was like, I don't know, seven months pregnant, Curtis, my husband and I were like, let's try out this other name. Let's just like give it a try. And he was like flip flopping in my belly. And then he came out that way. Like from the moment he was born, he was just like <laughs> wild. He's amazing. He's so silly. He's singing. He's trying to riff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he sounds like me trying to riff. So like, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to win an award for it, but he's so fun. He's the best thing ever. He's literally the most wonderful thing in the world. How old is he now? He's two and a half. Ooh, you're in it. That like <laughs> two and a half boy energy. Oh. You know, and he was in daycare for three days and then the no. world shut down. Oh, yeah, so we threw, we threw his first birthday party, which we uh, refer to as the super spreader event of the year. <laughs> his birthday is February 27th. And then the city shut down like two and a half weeks later. So we had all of our friends over. We were sharing drinks and cake in our apartment and throwing a dinosaur party. And my girlfriend just got off the plane from Italy. Oh. Oh. 
<laughs> that is yeah. odds are that was a good out. super spreader yeah yeah the odds are <laughs> so half of broadway the cast of moulin rouge can thank me yeah um <laughs> but, so we had him in daycare and then we pulled him out three days in and he's been home which is so wild but has been incredible it's been i i get to see him change every single day which is just you know it's you guys know it's magical yeah. It's every day is new and fresh and fun. And, and what's he going to do next? And I love it. I love yeah. it so much. How do you manage that though with shooting <laughs> photography? You're in Cur- Curtis's I don't business. know. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> I don't. I have none. <laughs> do you know any good babysitters? Um, so Always we, looking for them. Always. <laughs> oh my, I, just, I actually posted about it the other day on the baby mamas. And you know, any post, anyone post has like 900 comments. And I posted, does anybody have any babysitter recommendations in LAC? And they had like three likes. <laughs> well, we'll go on and bump it. I'll be like, right. bump anybody, bump. I was like, if you ask about health insurance, we got you. Babysitters, yeah. we're all out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, but we, we actually relocated down to Florida, hilariously, during the pandemic. My parents are down there. And uh, we moved three miles from my parents. And we thought, will we ever return? Who knows? Will there be a New York City... And then, uh, so we had a lot of help from mom. That's awesome. has been the lifesaver. And we, and we traveled back and forth a little bit. And then we actually just resettled in our old building. And now we're fully back, actually in a different unit, but in our old building. And so we're going back and forth a little bit because Curtis still is choreographing a show in Florida. So, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. And then we're, we're going to put him in proper daycare, we think, come February, assuming that all goes as planned. That is a game changer. Just you yeah. wait. When that happens, your your world is just going to be. It's yeah. a game changer. I, I tasted it. It was like a droplet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was quickly taken from me. But I can't complain too much because we've been healthy and safe, and and we still have a business, which is in and of itself is a literal miracle. That you know, still people still have hopes and dreams for the business and and want headshots. So. We are very blessed and just every day going, thank you. We're still here. Um, So for our listeners who might not know, you recently posted on social media uh, about discrimination that you experienced uh, over being pregnant on a show that you had been working on for a very, very long time. Um, And could you just tell us in your own words, obviously, People have read the post, but from, you know, a storytelling perspective, can you kind of walk us through it, how long you'd been with the project and how everything went down? Yeah. Uh, So I was cast as Romy in Romy Michelle, the musical in 2017, early 2017 for the out of town tryout with hopes to come to Broadway at some point afterward. And at that time, Curtis and I were married, no strong plans of babies yet. I was just excited to be working and be newly married. Went out of town, did the show, and uh, talked pretty openly about the idea of Curtis and I potentially starting a family. There are a lot of people on the creative team who have children, who are parents. And uh, as soon as we closed, came back, and it was just came back to New York and the conversations were, you know, what's next? Is there going to be another incarnation, a presentation, a reading, a workshop to work on the script, to work on the score, and then potentially come in. So throughout those conversations, Curtis and I held off plans. I had a couple of their jobs in between. And then Curtis and I were in Europe dreaming about babies, just (laughs) drinking wine and feeling fancy, feeling European. And 
just decided that, you know, it was time to start our journey. And I knew that I was kind of in between productions of Romy Michelle coming in potentially. So I reached out to my director uh, just to touch base on timeline and tell her we were thinking about it and would there be a good time and could that, you know, fit into the schedule and that my priority as a non-pregnant person was the show. That was my first baby. And I wanted to somehow make it work. And I got a loving, wonderful email back with tons of support. Absolutely. I've just spoken with our producer. Here are the plans, X, Y, and Z, readings, workshops, um, and then potentially on to Broadway. And it, you can be pregnant for the workshop. Smiley face emoji. <laughs> so we, TMI, we threw out the condoms. <laughs> We're in Europe. <laughs> I mean, yes. quite literally... I'm an open book. That's, I remember the moment we were in London and we were like, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. Um, and of course that's not how it works. It takes time and planning <laughs> to figure out when and how to make that happen. So it took us a minute to, to get pregnant. Um, not for lack of trying. And I was in and out of town and doing jobs and blah, blah, blah. So time went on. I ended up eventually getting pregnant. I had a, a chemical pregnancy, which is a very, very early miscarriage. I didn't even know it was pregnant until after it had happened. And then the next month we got pregnant. So I sat on it for a little bit. I wanted to wait until first trimester was up to tell anybody. And at that time, uh, right before my 12 weeks, I reached out to my director and my producer via email and told them the news. They were incredibly supportive, congratulatory. Uh, I got an email saying something along the lines of, I've produced so many shows in the 90s with actors who were having children and now those those children are having children and they're part of this family and this network of, of people whom I love and welcome to the club. Uh, just heartwarming. Mm. Heartwarming. Um, totally updated me on timeline because now, of course, you know, everything had shifted. We, at this point, we had not still done a, a reading or another workshop in New York, uh, but told me the updated plans and said, um, I'm sure we can figure it out. You'll let me know, and I'm sure we can figure it out. So I felt a, a breath of fresh air. I was actually in a show at the time. It was a, like a short-term thing in Vegas doing an, uh, an industrial for this big company, a really wacky job, and I was playing a pregnant woman in it. And, and somebody who, I ended up wearing a baby belly bump. Eve over my belly bump. <laughs> kind of a wonderful experience. And they were like, oh, wow, you're so method going to get pregnant. You know, it was like a big old, yuck, yuck, yuck. yeah, yeah. We were really, but I'm bumping out in Vegas. So I was, I was thrilled and I, I came home and that was the, the last job before I started really showing. And, uh, then I got a text message from our director asking to chat about the show. And I was super duper excited. I was six months pregnant. I was feeling awesome. I was, you know, riding the high of like finally feeling great and sleeping super well. And the phone call happened the next day. It, it just took a sharp left turn. I had, I was completely shocked to find out that I was being replaced. She told me on the phone I was being replaced. Because the projected workshop dates were going to fall near my due date. And I had been incredibly explicit about my due date and open about all of it because I felt, I honestly felt a huge hug when I, when I expressed that I was pregnant and, and all of our plans. So I was shocked. <laughs> still shocked. <laughs> Three years later, I'm still shocked. Um, and I, I got on the phone with my agent the next day and 
we, we talked it out. And basically, honestly, at first I was, I was, a, I was super sad and, and confused. I'm not even sure all the emotions that were layered in, but then, uh, it then just turned into an email conversation for quite literally months where, uh, I was told that it wasn't about my necessarily my ability to perform in the 29 hour reading. It was they couldn't sell the show essentially with me looking like a pregnant person. Um, and, and I gave all of the reasons at the time, like, but I can do it. And, and what about a stand in and only four to 5% of women give birth on their due date. So <laughs> I laid out all the statistics um, and then the conversation continued for quite a while. And then that reading, I was told by the producer uh, via my agents that they made an offer to another actor who had been nominated for a Tony recently and she's an acquaintance of mine. I know her. I, and I already heard the story through the grapevine before they'd contacted me, which I expressed to them on the phone. They had said to me, you know, we're calling you before we call anybody else. Just, you're not, you're pregnant and you can't do it. And I said, I actually know you already made the offer to somebody else. Yeah. There are no heard, secrets. Heard about yeah. that one yesterday, yeah. but thank you for let me hear through a text from friends. <laughs> um, and so I, I called them out on that a, a little bit. And uh, so that, that came to light. And then it was expressed that, yes, we had made an offer to somebody else. And then um, the reading never happened. <laughs> so I was happy that it didn't happen because I thought, oh, well, I don't have a baby in my belly anymore. So I'm going to do it because it was because I was pregnant that I, you, I couldn't do it. And now I'm not pregnant. I have this child. And how good to see me do it. And then uh, a month later, there was another phone conversation that said, well, now you're, it's not because you're not pregnant. It's uh, now we need a star to sell the show. We need, we need a name. We need a name. So the conversation just kept happening over and over again. And I was even more confused, obviously, at that point, because I thought specifically it was because of my quote unquote condition mm. that was keeping me out of it. Um, and then, then there was radio silence for about a year. And then uh, Ziggy turned 10 months. and. I received an email uh, CC'd or BCC'd with some of the other company who had done the show out of town in Seattle, inviting us all for uh, a non-union non jurisdiction, just table read in LA. And they were flying us out and I did it. I went out and did it. And it was, you know, just like a, just for friends, basically. They had invited some people. I expected to get out there and have a conversation about what had happened. And it was as if it never happened. And um, there was no talk ever about <laughs> the year that it had gone by of me agonizing and crying and waiting for the phone calls. There was no talk about them having offered it to this other actor. Um, so I, I did the table read. And then I got an offer for a 29-hour reading in New York. And it got shut down because of COVID. It was supposed to be the week that, that the city was shut down. Um, and that's where, I mean, that's essentially where my journey ended with the show. There was chatter, you know, throughout pandemic of it coming back. And then once it did, they've now recast it, it with a more diverse cast, having at this point, not no direct relation to the fact that I was pregnant or anything that happened. But um, I didn't really know I, that I was no longer involved until the night before rehearsals for this most recent workshop started. I got a phone call from the director of voicemail <laughs> telling me the show had been cast. <laughs> so my journey was over. And that night I didn't sleep. 
and I realized that I, I wasn't necessarily upset about not being part of the show anymore. I'd already kind of made my peace with that. I was upset that I had held the secret for three years and that now the show is over and there was a new narrative about what had happened to me. And I was so regretful that I hadn't spoken up in 2018 when it happened to me. So I decided to talk about it now. Girl. (laughs) First off, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That is no, you know, I know apologies. It's just, I, I'm holding space for you in that because it is <sighs> awful and not okay. Thank well, you. And especially the fact that you were tr- so transparent from the start and they did not offer you the same courtesy, like truly, like you put it out on the table. You're like, this is what I'm planning on doing. Does this work for you? And they said, yes. And then yeah. to completely renege on that offer and then to not even give any attention to the fact that it happened when you went out to LA to do that reading like it never ever happened yeah I mean I really that looking back on it now that reading because now that uh, there's been a producer statement released saying that well right. she did the reading in 2020 I did and every day I walked into work <laughs> I was humiliated I felt like I couldn't talk about my child. I was embarrassed. I, none of the cast knew what had happened, but there had been chatter. So I was trying to, you know, dodge bullets and not have a a full mental breakdown while I was there. I was coming home every night to my kiddo and pumping my ginormous breasts (laughs) because it was a six hour work day with a 20 minute lunch. So I wasn't pumping. I'm trying to hide the fact that I need to pump. I have an hour commute home to the hills because I was staying with my in-laws. It was just, you know, it's the the story is like a word vomit because I could go on and on and on about how that first conversation of you can't do it because you're pregnant, how it affected the next three years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I held it in even thinking about it now. I've been, you know, the weepiest I've ever been in the last week because I'm fully realizing like the trauma that happened then and how that one first conversation and then, you know, the few conversations that transpired afterwards, how they, they changed the way that I acted in my career, in my audition experience after that, in my, my experience as a mother, my experience of what to post on social media and, you know, all the intricacies of being a mom in this business and how it affected me. And, um, I did a really good job, I think, of just kind of pushing it away. I didn't, I don't want to be squeaky wheel. I'm not going to be a squeaky wheel. I'll get, maybe I'll get to play my, my star turned role. And, um, yeah, just kind of, it kind of pooped on the whole experience for me for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we all, you know, you've mentioned about this was like the career changing role, right. In your eyes. And we all work so hard and we dream of having that role that does change everything that makes it so it's easier to get in the door that makes it so that TV might start to give you more attention that make all the things. And, and here you were also being the lead of a company, you would assume carries a certain amount of respect from the creative team. They recognize they're entrusting you with this project and with the show. I mean, clearly they're texting you, so you have a a relationship with them. And for you to go to them and say, this is a situation, and they say, great, that's all okay. And then to not 
support you in that way. And then I'm just thinking about you having to go to this reading with your big mom boobies, (laughs) not able, not able to share what should be a joyous time that you've created a person who you've given birth and you can't even ask to have time to pump because you're so afraid that if you remind them that you have Ziggy, I feel like, you know, that that's just going to make everything worse. And they're going to remember, oh, wait, that's right. She's a mom. Whether it's because then, you know, people think moms don't have time to do things or moms aren't sexy anymore or moms, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I remember getting ready. I mean, because from the moment they emailed us about this LA table read until we showed up, it was a very short turnaround time. And Curtis and I were out of town shooting at a university when I got the email and I was just like full stop. I mean, in that moment, they want me back. What's this going to be like? And then we changed all our plans. I flew my mom in. You got to watch the baby. He's coming with a, it was just like right. a whole And for whole probably, thing. probably for right. nothing. Like you probably got a hundred dollars. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like it's not. I'm, yeah, anything. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> I did. It may, it may have been 250. It may have been 250. Right. It may have been 250. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're rearranging your life to do this because after having this moment where you, there was so much uncertainty, which is awful to live in that space anyway. I mean, I know so many of, you know, we've done that with the pandemic last year. It's like living in the unknown and what's going to happen and what's going to come. And for you, them to reach out, I'm sure that felt amazing. I'm sure that did feel like, oh, oh my absolutely. God. Okay. I felt it's vindicated. Great. And the first yeah. thing I did was like, stop eating. <laughs> I mean, truly, I was <laughs> right. like, oh, I God. cannot <laughs> look pregnant when I get, I cannot <sighs> look like I haven't. I mean, he was 10 months, but listen, I, you know, what, what was I doing? Mama, yeah, I, I, was, yeah. I was shooting headshots. I wasn't, you know, right. <laughs> I was like, I better make sure I look good. I don't look like there's any show, like tape these boobies down and put on your high-waisted jeans and look good. And I remember having a moment about that with my husband, like, oh my God, do I look like I did? I hope, you know, when I walk in, I remember, I remember that moment of walking in the room and, and how, and how welcomed I felt. And they were so welcoming, which is, it just adds to like how crazy I felt. They're like, we love you. You're back. And all I can see are these emails that, and, and you know, I don't know who. Calling your pregnancy team. a condition. Yeah, calling it yeah, a condition, condition, telling me like, and the hilarious thing now too is I still have read a first refusal. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Wait, well. this is really good. When my agents, when they fired me for being pregnant and my agent reached out to them and said, what about her right of first refusal? The producer who called my pregnancy and condition said, what's that? <gasps> he doesn't know what, he didn't know what it was. Wait, wait, wait. For oh. our listeners who might not know what right of first refusal is, when you get cast in a show that's going to be coming into Broadway, sometimes in your contract, it can be written that you have the right of first refusal, which means that you are offered the part before anybody else. And you are open to refuse it. <laughs> If you so choose, but it is your part to turn down. And I think right. there's a monetary and then payout if, if, you, if, well, you, if they don't give it to you. Weeks. Yes, because I, I that happened to me. <laughs> yes. And I've had so, it before. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And then they get, then they pay you a month's salary and you're it's like, fabulous. all right, peace out. <laughs> you go have a cocktail, you cry for two days and right. you move on with your life. Yeah. It's and fabulous. That's the thing. 
that's so interesting about this. Like there are so many ups and downs in our business. There, you know, there are the parts that got away. I'm sure we could all tell stories of like parts that we had, then they went to somebody else, or we were told we were going to play something and then we didn't. And, you know, those are things that we have to work through on our own and be like, oh, this really sucks and find a way to move forward. But you can move forward. But you were told you couldn't have a part because of part of who you are, that you are a mother now, that you have a child. And that, how do you make peace with that? How do you make peace with, I literally was rejected because of, of who I am, not because of, oh, we're going a different direction or this or that. You know what I mean? Like our, our business is fickle. There's no way around it, right? Um, but I, I can imagine how hard that was to make peace. And then as you said, have it affect how you moved through the business, how you kept Ziggy a secret. Did anybody, when you walked into that room in LA, did anybody ask how your baby was? Did anybody ask how you were you doing? You know, yes, I had. So there was a, there's a co-producer on the show uh, who's male, who we never openly and directly spoke about what had happened, but I could feel the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm so glad you're back kind of mm-hmm. energy. And he's been, I haven't heard from him, of course, since I posted probably never will. Um, I, I felt there was like kind of kindness radiating from him throughout that. And I did, I did feel that there was like his hands were maybe tied in this, in the scenario. And uh, he asked me about Ziggy. And in fact, there was a conversation where he said he wanted to meet him. And I was so elated and honestly shocked to hear anybody say that in the room. And he he, we were trying to navigate because we were staying so far from from downtown or wherever it was that we were doing the reading, um, getting Curtis to maybe bring Ziggy in. He wanted to meet him. And I was thinking, that would be amazing. Like, here, here's this baby on the outside and maybe they'll put a face to the name and they'll feel like they'll have empathy for the situation and they'll see this beautiful child, this fat little baby. And so we had this really drawn out conversation about how it could happen. And I don't remember the like exact verbiage, the ins and outs of it, but it was essentially he wanted me to bring him the next day, which was the day of the presentation. We were doing two presentations, like have him come in and like Curtis can walk him around and blah, blah, blah. And so I, I called my husband on our 20 minute break and he was going to bring him in the next day. We had the whole plan. And on my commute home that same evening, I got an email from him. I actually looked it up yesterday because I was trying to remember what he'd said to me. And he'd said something like, I ran by, this was his idea for me to bring my child in. (laughs) Uh, I would never have offered that up. Uh, I had a conversation with the lead producer and he thinks it might be a distraction. And he did say, the producer did say, you could bring him like, don't bring him to whatever the other producer told you to bring him to. You could bring him earlier during uh, a rehearsal or something, which I was shocked to hear him say that, honestly. And I, I'll give I'll give credit where credit is due. He did say like, hey, I could bring him in during the rehearsal. But I was so embarrassed to receive an email telling me not to do something, once again, that I had been asked to do, <sighs> that I'm driving and it pops up on my little car phone thing. I was like, oh my, are you guys serious? Have these oh conversations alone and then proofread them and then get back to me. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me to bring him in and then tell me to not bring him in. And I was so embarrassed by that. And, and then I felt silly for even considering bringing my child around those people. And I thought, I don't want him here. I don't want him to meet you, actually. I'm going to keep him safe from this room because this room doesn't make me feel good about myself. It doesn't make me feel good about being a mommy. And Ziggy does. So... <laughs> 
obviously I, I never brought him in. They've never met my child. Uh, thank goodness. I'm glad that, that they have it at this point, but it, yeah, I was, it was asked about at least there was a conversation. There was acknowledgement that he had been born. That he exists. But by one I mean, person. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I mean, the trauma of this whole thing, Courtney, is just, that's what I keep coming back to. Like, there's been a lot of talk, you know, um, as we've returned to Broadway, uh, there's been a lot of work done in the rooms with regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And people have spoken about how coming back into the rehearsal spaces, they were shaking or things on specific shows, you know, and they were like, wait, am I cold? And then they realized, oh no, I'm my body, it's trauma. It's remembering the trauma that I experienced in this space with these people specifically or things like that. Um, And it often, it all, for the most part, is having to do with race. And obviously that's a huge issue then. And, and inclusion is something we all need to work towards and equity and equality, but also mothers, working mothers in this business need to be included in that conversation as well because there's plenty of dads we know it and the dads they never give them two thoughts I actually have two dads in my show that are going to take paternity leave one is on paternity leave right now because his baby was just born and the other one is taking it in November um which is a big deal I've never huge deal I've never known a dad to. I cannot name anyone other than the guy who I know in your show I can't (laughs) name another one and it's the same guy that's not even three that's still two (laughs) a couple people at my husband's show have taken paternity leave because it's once it became state law that they have to offer it yeah which Um, was like 14 seconds ago right right yes exactly pretty much like right before the pandemic don't worry we're just gonna shut you home in your house with your kids for forever (laughs) and it's fine so nobody will want to take paternity exactly exactly. (laughs) no but i think you know this is the conversation that needs to happen how many times have we um uh you know lauren lataro talked to us about how she hid the fact that she was pregnant all during oh all during what you have something to say. Courtney's I worked with her when she was literally eight months pregnant and it was magical. Mm. It was yeah. one of the reasons that Curtis and I were trying then. Mm. And I, I watched her. Ugh, that hits me deep. Cause I watched her be super duper pregnant <laughs> in direct in her directorial debut. And I was in the show. It was all women and even the orchestra. And it was a really empowering experience. And I got pregnant shortly after that. That was like this last show I think I did as a not pregnant person. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. I found out I was pregnant like right after that. And she, you know, she was paving the way for for strong women in this business who held positions of power or were leaders yeah. and were super mm-hmm. preggers. But she also hid it though until she was for like seven months time. pregnant or something until she couldn't hide it. Like basically I walked into anymore. rehearsal the first day and I went, you're pregnant. <laughs> 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 she yeah. behind the table at my audition, her little baby belly and she, well, cause I mean her body, she can do it if she know. wants. She can hide. She's pregnant <laughs> until the baby's out. I was like, you're amazing but she's a queen. So she, under the table, you couldn't tell she was pregnant when I was auditioning. She was like, yeah, I'm yeah. Super pregnant. But like that's, and she was a person in a position of power, still feeling like she had to, hide, she had it to hide because she, she is a female a, in this business. One of the reasons that I wanted to be 
because she and I had had conversations about that during rehearsal. And I, that's why I was transparent because I, I saw myself potentially being in literally in her exact same position. I mean, had just closed that show and then we got pregnant and the, the hilarious thing is had they told me, had the show said, we're coming to Broadway, baby, get ready. Don't do it. Or, I mean, and I know that of course, that's a hard position to put a creative team in. I understand that by saying like, does this timeline lead up? But had there been a really open conversation about it? And if they'd said, that's going to be tough with the timeline, I would have said, no problemo. I'll wait. I would have waited. I probably, if they told me, I mean, I would have waited forever is the sad part. And I'm glad I didn't. I think that, you know, the silver lining is I'm glad that we just went ahead no matter what happened. Thank God I'd rather have Ziggy than anything in the world. That's another lesson. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like right. that's another topic yeah. about what we do, which is that you were like, I'll just wait forever. I would have waited literally forever. And to this day, I mean, if, if Curtis and I didn't have our other business, my Courtney Holbrook business, which is our photography business, if I didn't have stability there, I know. I mean, I know myself. I still wouldn't have said anything. I would be sitting here today just not being a part of it and and feeling so scared to never work again that I never would have told the story. It, it just would have been our secret. This This thing keeps popping in my head, and I'm not like – this is not like hating on men or anything like that. But, you know, you walk into a reading, a presentation – there's a lot of it you have to imagine, right? Like you have to imagine the sets and you have to imagine like big costumes and production numbers and blah, blah, blah. I find it hard to believe that they couldn't imagine that the person playing Romy would not be pregnant when the, when the actual production happened. And and I think, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here and, I, and I'm not like smash the patriarchy, yes, but I don't... I, like, I think as a woman, I would be very, it would be very easy for me to pretend that you weren't pregnant while I was looking at you. And I uh, wonder if yeah. it's a male gaze that's like, how could anybody look at that person and think, oh, here's this sexy girl who's going to walk around in her mini dress and, you know, embody this character. Whereas I, of course I could see that in you because I can see that in me. I could see that in me when I was pregnant, you know? And I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm getting like, I mean, fired they, up about it. I, well, the show, I mean, hilariously, the show too is so, um, it's so heightened in general. I mean, during a 29 hour reading, there has to be a descriptive of Michelle drives a Jaguar and creates a posted dance scene where the post-its have legs and a scorpion does a backflip. Right. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, and Courtney weighs 30 pounds less. Right, right, right. Like they literally could have written it into the stage directions. I I said that. I mean, that was in the phone conversation. Hey, wouldn't it be kind of hilarious if we all were in on the joke? I mean, the show is so hilarious. We all it's it's it is camp. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, let's embrace and the whole tagline of the show. I mean, it's literally about women. I mean, every press event I did for the show in Seattle and before and after was, oh my gosh, it's just so refreshing to be in a show that's starring women. It is directed by a woman. It is created, written, the the script and the film were written by a woman. One of the music writers is a woman. 
telling a story about women supporting <laughs> women. <laughs> we're like, we're ladies. Yeah. You're fired for being pregnant though. <laughs> so I was just, it could have been part of the celebration of the show, especially in the time that we're in. I mean, we, the Me Too movement is just, she's out there and we're marching and. Yeah. But there's still this stigma. This stigma is rampant in our business and, and in so many industries. I mean, it's not to say that women, I mean, I know women who work in offices that are pregnant and then they stop getting all the projects or they, because people think they can't handle it or, or because they have to leave right at five 30 to go be mom that they can't, you know, they can't do their job. I mean, it's, it's wild. I remember when I, I left Jersey boys and I had a plan and I was like, I'm going to do a couple regional jobs and I want to get pregnant when I'm doing it so that then I can work. And I got pregnant and found out I was pregnant two days before I had to leave to go do gypsy at Chicago shakes. And I, I made a decision to not tell them. I didn't tell anyone. And I was there and like, I had some bleeding start up, and my mother had to come and I had to go to the doctor and everything ended up being okay. And ultimately I told the girl playing June because I thought if we're in tech or if I, if something happens, I need someone to know that I'm pregnant. But I was so worried that if I told the theater, they would fire me because they would think like, what's she going to look like when we get to right. the end of the run in 16 weeks? Will she look like a pregnant Louise? <laughs> um, and so I didn't. And then, and I kept it a secret. And at the closing party, at the end of it all, I said, I made a speech and I just said, and you know, I'm 16 weeks pregnant. And I like relaxed and let it out. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, and, and, and they were all excited, which was great. But I, I chose to not share that. I kept it this mm -hmm. very exciting time. I kept it in. And so many of us do that because we don't want to be labeled the, you know, the mom of the group or unsexy. Cause you know what? That did happen to me after the fact with certain director, which I won't name, but we can all think about it. But you know, once you get to that point, then it's like, oh, she's not sexy anymore. Oh she yeah. Has to, she has to go in this other box over here because moms aren't sexy. But, yeah. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Now I get auditions for like mother of a 16 year old child. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, Honestly, it, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take what you can give me. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, I, yes, I get it. How has it been? I mean, I, I looked at your Instagram, um, and I, I couldn't help but notice that like most of your posts are like, you know, a few hundred likes or whatever. This post <laughs> is over 3,000 now yeah. at this point. So how has it been? Like, what has been the reaction? I know you talked to People Magazine. I know BuzzFeed picked up the story. I mean, what's happening right now? I, I appreciate you making time for us because I feel oh, like I know, your right? world I'm is so, exploding. I'm, I'm your biggest fan. I mean, well, I've been so excited about you guys doing the podcast and and the baby mamas and everything. I mean, just having, you know, support in general. So please, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for giving, you know, a platform to this story. When I posted it, I, my friend who proofread it for me was like, you know, just remember nobody may read this. <laughs> like that's correct. And that's fine because at least I've told someone because my phone was blowing up at the press release that had gone out about the show and people were asking me what happened. And I'm like, how do I stay supportive of the show and my and my friends who are still in it? Because I want, listen, I want everybody to go on and win Tonys. I want all the Tonys for all the friends. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, 
this is just my story. It's not about yeah, the show. that's what I, I do want to say. Right. Like, I don't detect any bitterness, to be honest, Courtney. Like, I don't, I, I don't detect like it doesn't feel like it's like a you're coming back for a revenge. You oh, know what I mean? It I'm doesn't not, feel you know like why? any of that. It just I feels feel like free. I feel, I'm so relieved. Yeah. I am so relieved that it is not that I am not waiting for another phone call. Yeah. And uh, you know what? When I told my agents that I, I, I gave them a little bit of a heads up, like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's enough. Because I knew if I gave anyone too much time, I'd already talked myself out of saying anything for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just had to say it. And I said, I'm so relieved to, for someone to know the story other than Curtis, because it was just time. It was just time to tell it. And, and even if nobody read it, at least, um, at least I, I was free from it, from carrying around that little, that little baby gaslight <laughs> 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 that I had been holding, keeping a, keeping a fire. Um, and so the, the response honestly has been shocking. I, I truly, I never, I really never expected anything. I thought my friends would all go, oh, okay, that tracks. And it would fill in some gaps so I didn't have to tell it 19 times, you know, to my book club and then my friends and then the, the friends of friends. Right. And the people who were texting me when auditions were going out this time being like, why aren't you in it? What's happening? Are you not doing it? And I and I could – it's like, well, what can I say? Well, no. And there's <laughs> so much to say and I can't text you all the answer. So I felt like I wanted to – tell it and, and, and hopefully somebody could read it who potentially had the same fears who had been in the same position. And then I posted it and then my phone, well, Curtis and I were shooting all day. So I honestly couldn't check my phone, but my Fitbit is connected to my phone. So I get little alerts mm-hmm. and then it was everything like died. Like all my <laughs> things died. They were so busy. They were busy. It was busy. Yeah. She was busy. Um, and I've been overwhelmed at a, the support B the, uh, bravery of people even liking it because I, I think that, and for people in the room who are doing the show still liking it or commenting, I think that it's really brave because it's, I know what it's like to have, you know, chatter about something that's not necessarily positive about a project that you're doing and to come out and support me and still be a part of it is it really hit, it's hit me deep to see the support. And then <laughs> I was talking to, uh, Rachel over at Pal, mm-hmm. my new favorite place in the world. <laughs> um, and we were talking about the secret stories, the secret DMs of the people who have reached out to me to say, I have a story. Mm-hmm. Here it is. People in this industry, people out of this industry, people who've had same experiences with this creative team, people mm-hmm. who just, you know, say, or, or the people who were like, I, I have, an, I'm live in Ohio and I, I'm not an artist, but guess what? This happened to me. And I had to hide uh, the sound of my breast pump. And I switched to a manual instead of electric because I didn't want my boss to hear me pump like the yeah. things. And I mean, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not obviously not happy to hear anyone's horrifying story, but I certainly feel less alone. And I think that it's given me this perspective now so you become a mom, right? And like you up to that point, I think in our business, like all of us wait a little long to be mommies. 
And so I, th- I thought I already knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> hilariously and then you have a kid and you realize that you literally knew nothing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you that you, you were still tired you yeah you thought you were tired then yeah. that's so cute <laughs> yeah. uh curtis was like oh, our show was in our life like oh i have to do my makeup and i can't, i have to get up at 10 it's just so, like the things we think about now we were like what did we do all day <laughs> doing um but now having ziggy obviously has completely shifted my perspective of literally everything and we work with a lot of young kids and young actors i would say 95 percent of our clients are in our headshot photography business are 25 and under and now as a mama i'm looking at myself as like a pregnant lady who i was like half mom right you're sort of a mom when you're pregnant but you're not you're not a mom yet really like you don't get it yet and I'm like therapizing myself as a mom now looking back at that girl three years ago who didn't know. And I'm like, I'm trying to take care of her mm-hmm. yeah. in a way that I, I couldn't for myself then. Whew, oh my God, I cannot cry again this week. Seriously. <laughs> I- <laughs> But I just, I didn't, and I really didn't know how traumatized I was until I got that voicemail the Sunday before rehearsal started this go around. And I went, oh my God, I'm free. I'm free. I can, I can, I can heal from this. It was a rusty nail, you know? I've yeah. stepped on the nail yeah. before. I've been replaced. I've been, you know, we all have. Like I said, I, I love my four week payout. She bought me many <laughs> a cocktail. I'm thrilled to have it. You get sad, you move on. But the rusty nail, you know, it left an infection for three years that I didn't know how much it bled into my life. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed at the hug from the community. And, and I feel really seen and really um, uplifted. And now I'm like, okay, how do we change that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, yeah. co- what could they have done? What, are, what were the options? And I was listening to Elizabeth Stanley, Queen Elizabeth Stanley. <laughs> on your podcast from the other day. And uh, it was honestly a little bit triggering for me to hear her experience. I'm like so relieved and happy to hear that there are good experiences. And at the same time, the buildup to her telling her company she was pregnant was so parallel to what I felt this whole time. And I was going to be transparent. And then she reached out to everybody and, and they were like, this is amazing. You're pregnant. And then when she got to the part where she was like, and then we had to start talking about logistics and you know how this really worked. All I could think of was I never got to that part. Yeah. They never gave, I wasn't afforded logistics. I was literally just cut. And up until that point, the conversations had all been, I mean, I was the girl. It wasn't just a job. It wasn't just a 29 hour reading. I mean, there were like, are you girls ready to be nominated for Tony's conversations? Yeah. So, and I believed it all because we all, we all just want to be on Broadway. We all just want to be on Broadway. (laughs) And, uh, I, I just think, okay, well, how could that conversation have changed? I mean, I mean, I made a career when I first moved here out of being an understudy. That is how we all, I mean, the majority of us got our start. And, um, I love being an understudy. It was great. They could have hired a fabulous understudy in case I happened to be one of the 4% who went into labor on. Right. And 
there were so many other ways of going about it or just asking me, hey, court, do you think you can do this? And letting me to be the one to decide if it was too close to my due date or not. And those conversations just never happened. Um, And then, you know, then it spiraled. And then luckily my agent said, instead of a phone call, how about we email about this? And then he wrote it all down for me. (laughs) Yeah, have that paper trail for sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, she's strong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point. I mean, it's it's heartening to see like the what's happening at jagged and how they're going to share the role and then at Hades town as well but those are you know that is a conversation that we want to expand on because we also have to take into account the ensemble the women of the ensemble who are mothers who also deserve time with their family not just the leads not just the tony nominated or tony winning roles you know cuz it's very easy for you know, someone mentioned how LaShawn's had a room for her girls and color purple. You know, I think Renee was like, I'd seen her ask for that. And so I knew to do that. And it's like, well, that's lovely. And I'm glad. And LaShawn's is fierce. I mean, yes. But <laughs> if you're not, if you're not that, what are your options? Nothing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. there aren't any. So the conversation is much larger. And being the person to step out in the front, it takes the biggest guts is some long balls as our Jersey boys, <laughs> as our Jersey boys, people would say, although say. I have to say, like Betty White says, the vagina, it's much stronger than the ball. But, um, oh my God. Thank you, Betty White. Uh, listening? Betty, really, can you hear me? I love you. We love you. We love you. Um, but it take, it, it takes a lot of bravery and to step out and I'm so glad you did. And thank you for doing that for all of us, because there are many stories. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the the stories that make the news, the Hades Town, the Jagged Little Pill, we're going to hear. We're going to hear those stories of positive um, behavior around pregnancy and motherhood. But we don't hear the stories. Of, like for every one of those, there are probably hundreds of your story. So for you to put that out there and us to realize that there's so many more of those than the positive ones, um, we'll hopefully start to shift the narrative and we'll hopefully, you know, producers out there will be like, we can't act like that. Cause right. guess what? Just putting eyes Somebody's going to out us. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Courtney like, Wolfson might day- take to her 200 followers on Twitter <laughs> and blow this up. <laughs> but you know but that you theater, know our theater community is so small, so everybody knows about it. You know what I mean? Well, it, and it, I think it hit people deep because we, we've all been there. And, you know, the interesting thing is all the, all the gals out there who haven't been there yet – Mm-hmm. But are feeling that like, oh, yeah. I just got chills thinking about it. They're like, oh no, what's going to happen if I want to have one? Right, right. And yeah. how? Okay, well, because well, we're, we're not in now? the we're not in the time anymore where we just quit the business. You can <laughs> no. do that, but we don't do that anymore. You know, no. that's not we're not willing to do that. I still have another part of me that is this, and so, I'll never quit. We can't quit. Even when no. you quit, you don't quit. Right. We don't can't exactly. quit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Even when I moved quit, to Florida and I didn't quit, I'm back. Yeah. We all do. I mean, come on. If COVID shown us anything, it's like you can move wherever you want and do whatever. And it's still here. It's coming back. And yeah. I'm I'm happy it's it's part of the conversation now. And I I feel like one of the big words missing from my experience was that like being pregnant is temporary. Of course, being a mother isn't, but pregnancy and looking like a, a big fat pregnant lady, as I felt like at the time, 
that's that's temporary. It goes away. And Elizabeth Stanley's story about I interestingly enough was in for the replacement for her understudy, mm-hmm. who is a who was friend, also who just who is also the baby <laughs> who is a friend and classmate of mine. We graduated together. She's a wonderful human being, and. Going in for it was like a, a kind of an amazing mommy moment and just made me so excited. And on every, you know, you go up in the Dropbox and all the like audition materials in there, they put in all caps, temporary replacement for that role. And it hit me so hard. I was like, oh, this is amazing. These people don't know that putting in caps lock temporary replacement for her spoke to all of these other people hey, this lady's having a baby and she will be returning. So little girls out there auditioning for it, you know, it said it to me, like, yeah. don't think this is yours. You're coming in to support this mama who's away pushing a baby out. And then when she's ready, <laughs> she will be back. And I thought it was magical. I was like, I have nothing but praise for that team and and what Rita Kitt said to Elizabeth Stanley. I, all of that just, it was yeah. so beautiful. And I hope yeah. they're are many, many, many more posts that sound like that and and not like mine. <laughs> I hope well, it goes better in the future. Thanks for sharing that story because that made me cry. That touched <laughs> my heart too. That really, you know, just to support the mamas because there are a lot of us now. There are okay. a lot of us and we don't need to be quiet because why, why should we? And why at the end we? of it, I'm thinking of something just popped into my head because I'm thinking in, in regards to Lindsay Bradshaw, who's she is leaving wicked and she just posted about the fact that she's leaving wicked because she wants to be with her family. 13 years, 13 years, but it was her choice at the end of the day. It's about our choice and it's not making the choice for us. It's saying, how do you feel about this? What do you want to do? Not you can't do this. Um, you know, because I think there's like a very fine line, like, you know, we want all the things, but you know, I, I think about the feminist movement and I was like, well, if you're, if you're real feminist, then you're not a stay at home mom. No, if you're a real feminist and that's the choice you want to make for yourself, you get to choose. That's what you do. Exactly. It's all about choice. And it's about having that agency over what we do with our lives um, and being afforded the opportunity to choose. So um, Absolutely. Absolutely. thank you, Courtney, so much for being so vulnerable and for, for putting it out there for all of us to hear and digest and get on our soapboxes and fight about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for telling the story and for making me feel heard and like I'm not a complete crazy person because no. if no. anything's taught me this week, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not crazy. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm just a mom. <laughs> right, cool. <laughs> yep, just a mom. <laughs> awesome. So Thank you, ladies. What you're doing is awesome and important. And I, I just... I love you as human beings and moms and performers. Oh, I'm a big, big fan for years. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Justin Squiggs Robertson for our fabulous new graphic, Kristen Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Wardweber for our awesome theme song, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.